Come, come, ye saints, no toil nor labor fear, but with joy wend your way. Welcome to Hot Drinks. If any of you out there are composers of music and you want to write us a theme song, please do. And you can email it to us, or you can contact us via email, and we'll figure out the details. Yeah. What's our email again? Hot drinks for the belly at gmail.com. That's drinks with an A. And um, I hate Gmail. Hotmail's so much better. Really? Yeah. Hot takes. Right out of the yeah. gate. Sister Twain with hot takes. Welcome to <laughs> Hot Drinks. I'm Brother Jack Coffee. And I'm Latter Day Twain, or Sister Twain. Welcome, Sister Twain. How are you? To you nasty boys out there. <laughs> Sister Twain, you haven't noticed that I'm wearing a small gold chain necklace. Oh, Sister Twain noticed, but I was too uncomfortable to say anything. <laughs> so here's the thing. It was, long story short, it was it was at my work. It had been abandoned, and I started wearing it kind of as a funny joke, and then I was kind of like into it. Like I'm kind of like, kind of makes me feel like like British trash or something, and I'm kind of into it. I kind of like it. Is it going to be one of those things that morphs into it like it like gets out of control and then you try to pimp me out? I try <laughs> because of because I'm wearing a giant gold chain. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. I would like that. I mean, the irony, <laughs> the the real kind of twist in the universe about this is that in the last couple of days, my oldest son has started wearing a crucifix. <laughs> and we're not Christian. We're not, you know, we're not a church. We're not religious at all. And I was like, oh, where? You're wearing a crucifix. Where'd you get that from? He said, my friend gave it to me. Oh, and I was like, Jesus. oh, okay. Um, and, I, and he goes, I like it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. It is, not a, it is not a crucifix like a gold cross. It is like a crucifix like a tiny mini Jesus body nailed to the cross on it. Uh, it's like a real legit crucifix. So that's what he wears now. So anyway, I'm wearing a gold chain. He's wearing a crucifix. We're Euro trash. Oh my god! Is what we are. Or he's Madonna in 1989. I mean, from your lips to God's ears, <laughs> that would be a miracle. <laughs> so it's been a while. How have you been? I've been way better. My depression's better. <laughs> I love. I love that we always talk about how How's... not not that we're not depressed, but where is our depression yeah. on a scale of like one to ten? Yeah, and. and I think the past three episodes, it's I've been reporting that it has been getting gradually better. I don't. I may so on not. A one to ten of depression, you're a what? Okay, so I would say from September to and it's March now. In case people are right. listening, to oh, this. that's important because people could be listening to this ten years in the future, and they when will going back through the archives. They really will go back through the archives. Um, but I, I was depressed from like September to February. Okay. And you're on the upswing now? Way on the upswing. So you're like a four or you're like an eight? Mm, so so if September, where I was really in the thick of it, if that was like, for on the depression scale, if that was a 10, I'm probably on a three or four. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And for no reason, just just time and he healing. If depression is a, a 10, I'm like a seven. Solid seven. I thought you were going to say 17. <laughs> No, because I'm not, because here's the thing, and like, we don't need to talk about my depression, because it's like literally the most boring thing on earth, but there have been times in my life where I've been depressed and really sad, 
Mm. Like I've cried a lot. I've broken things, like broken, whatever. Whoa. Right now, Ugh. my depression is just like complete and utter apathy. I just don't care about anything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to socialize. I don't want to date. Yeah. And then I'm depressed that I don't want to do all those things right, too. So right, right. anyway, so it's not sadness. It's just like apathy. So God. it's kind of different. Your life sucks. It does suck right now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So today for our top five, we're going with this top five theme. Yeah. We haven't gotten a lot of feedback one way or the other, so we're just going to go with it. Yes. But feel free to leave reviews on iTunes or email us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Yeah. And let us know what you think. But the, the top five thing, theme uh-huh. we are going for this week is the top five crazy things Mormonism taught me. Yeah. So the craziest things we learned as Mormons. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're back. How are you? You know, I'm good. I had um, I had a dose of absinthe before I came over. Nice. And now I am... Do you just drink it straight or do you like mix it with the water? I the do it the water and the, the sugar thing. cube, okay. yeah. Um, I did a shot of it last night and that was a mistake really i've yeah. never done that it just gave me a headache immediately okay, okay. but anyway um so i had some aspen aspen jesus absent about eight o'clock uh-huh. it's about what 10 o'clock now and now i'm just kind of suckling on this glass of on wine on the teat of a of, of a, a bottle of wine a box of wine a box of jammy <laughs> wine yeah and i've i had a glass of wine earlier and yes. now i'm having a little whiskey beverage i think you had two glasses of wine earlier I sir i did actually okay. how did you know that you texted me that oh I, you're correct <laughs> i just i'm trying to make myself sound less like an alcoholic <laughs> okay so okay. the top five crazy things you learned in the church that are the cra- top five crazy things mormonism taught, taught you so yes what's your number one um, number one, and in no particular order, sure. um, is... Oh. By the way, I know that I say sure a lot. The last episode I said it 100,000 times. Sure, 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 sure. But also the last episode you were the drunkest you I was been. very drunk. Yeah. So I'm going to try not to say sure this episode. Anyway, what's the thing that Mormonism taught it's you? It's part of your charm. I know. Okay. Um, the number one thing that I have just uh, on my list, it's not because it's the number one thing, is that after we die... We are stuck wherever we end up due to our acts in this earthly life. Tell us more. After we die, I had a Sunday school teacher teach that after we die, there is no progression. So if we end up in a certain kingdom, and for those of you who aren't Mormon, who knows, um, there are three different levels of heaven in the Mormon church. And outer darkness is considered hell, but that's not part of the three. Anyway, wherever you, if you, wherever you end up of those four different spaces, whether it's one of the levels of heaven or outer darkness, you're stuck there for the rest of forever. Right. That is terrible. And kind of and bonkers. And bonkers. I, had, I had not thought about that since I left the church, but that is bonkers. Yeah. To teach that there is no progression mm-hmm. after a certain point. That is what... If you believe in an afterlife, yeah. you should believe that there's that you're still growing and progressing and learning and the word life and yeah. afterlife should ha- hold some kind of meaning. Yeah. Um, and when he said that and I was when I heard that in that class, 
I, you know, I was fully believing Mormon and thought, God, that sounds terrible. Really? But then they try to smooth it over with, but wherever you end up is where you're most comfortable. Sure, so it's sure. fine. It's fine. Which is why I'm going to be in hell <laughs> with the faggots and the lezzies. Because that is the where I'm the most comfortable. Yes. I don't want to be in, a, in the top level of heaven yes. with all those... Like, oh true blue Mormons? I would not be one tiny bit comfortable. I'd all, be miserable. I bet all they eat every day is just sacrament bread. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, yeah, that's crazy talk. So my first thing that Mormonism taught me that was crazy was that a girl named Bethany in Provo, Utah, oh my God. who was late for her uh, Book of Mormon 101 final at the Harold B. Lee Library could stop and say a prayer and God would help her find her keys. Yeah. But at that same moment, yeah. there was a child starving to death in Africa who was also praying for re- relief but, and who died. But the child would die. Because Jenny, yeah. or Bethany, what was her name? <laughs> Bethany Becky. needed to find her keys. <laughs> there is a very pervasive part of Mormon culture about praying for lost things. Yes. And it is, and it is seen as this charming... Like, God hears all of our prayers, no matter how big or small. But it now, now, out of the church, it really offends me. It really offends me that we would teach people that, like, that, yeah, you could be praying for your lost wallet, and God could hear and answer that. And meanwhile, a little girl is being sold into sex slavery right. and is praying for redemption and release, and, and it doesn't happen. And so how – I know what my answer would be, but – how would a believing, practicing Mormon rationalize that? I don't know. I think they would say, well, Becky or Bethany or mm-hmm. whatever is one of God's elite. I mean, yeah. That's how they would say it. That's it's how so they gross. Would. That's how they would. What are you looking at? Your phone. Oh, why? I texted you. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm supposed to be reading my text no, messages. No, 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 don't read them. Okay. It has nothing so, to do with this. Okay, so anyway, anyway, I just think that's a crazy. I mean, listen, if you want to believe that you can put a message to the universe to find things that are lost and to allow the universe to guide you to things that are lost, I'm great with that. Yeah. But the idea that like, I don't know, for some reason the idea that it's a prayer to God, and that he's answering that prayer while ignoring or not answering so many other prayers is kind of crazy to yeah. me. Why Why do we believe that? That is the Mormon idea of deity is that it's specific to them. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. anyway, I'm All depressed right. now. Great. See you soon. Bye. It's complicated. It's complicated. We're back. We're back. Um, okay. So that was our number one. Okay. Uh, number two, crazy thing that Mormonism taught you. What do you got? I guarantee you this is on your list. Oh, I can't wait. But that fornication is second to murder. <gasps> no, it wasn't on oh, my list, but that's a good one. Right? That's a good one. That having... Okay. Let's break it down. Let's break it down, motherfuckers. Okay. Granted... The religion teaches don't have sex before marriage. Okay. So, 
take that little segment, like sure. like it's an orange. Oh, God damn it! Oh, you said yes, sure. I know. I'm gonna try not to. Like like it's an orange segment. Take that segment. Okay. Any organized thing that tries to control your sexuality, mm-hmm. that is one definition of a cult. Sure. That is one yes. of, of the elements of a definitions of a cult. Right. Okay. Now, okay. Then, placing it second to murder. <laughs> yes. To ending the life of to another murder. human. To s- slicing someone's carotid right. artery. Murder. Right. To uh, doing like a suicide bomb. Right. Whatever. Stabbing someone in the guts right. and doing a little blowy behind right. the bleachers. <laughs> almost equivalent. Right. But here's the thing. One of them is just about pleasure and exploration. So what does that tell you about the institution? You know why they're the equivalent sins? Why? Because murder is taking a life and fornication is using the powers of creation and abusing them, which mm. is the power to give life. So there are two sides of the same coin. Cool. That I do remember being taught that, that there are two sides of the yeah. same coin. One is taking a life. One is potentially creating a life, an, un, an unwanted life or an unwilling life by fornicating. Unwilling. So two sides of the same coin. God. Stab someone in the guts, a little blowy behind the bleachers, same thing, <laughs> same thing. Your number two is. So my number two, my number two might be a little out there. Oh. But I remember being taught in seminary that before the second coming, two of the general authorities, authorities, the authorities, two of the general authorities (laughs) would travel to Jerusalem. They would be murdered and their bodies would lay in the street for two days. (gasps) Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And that that would then usher in the second coming. Their bodies would lay untouched in the street for two days. And then Jesus would come. Like that would be like that would be the bell that would chime that would be the harbinger of the apocalypse and the second coming. Oh my god. So like Russell M. Nelson and like L. Tom Perry. Is he still alive? No. No. But he was tall and dopey. Oh my god. But they're just walking around Jerusalem and then they get murdered. And then no one touches those bodies for two days. And then Jesus comes in a red robe. Oh, that's right. So red robe thing. That's kind of nutty. God damn it. That's a little odd. I remember that, and I, I, uh, it was something I filed away clearly because I haven't thought about that in probably twenty years. I just remember being obsessed with that stuff. Just like we had a seminary teacher that was very obsessed with kind of the Book of Revelation and all that stuff, and we just thought it was so cool. Jesus. Well, the cool mystical stuff was cool. That's why we like Harry Potter. That's why we like right. Game of Thrones. And that's how, that's just one of the ways they get you. Right, right. Yeah. So what's your number three? Let's go on to our next one because that was kind of a shorter segment. So sure. what's your number three? Sure, sure. The number three, which can be argued that it was either taken out of context or whether, let me put it this way. Whether or not my number three is something that was taken out of context for decades, it was taught in the taken out of context way. Yeah. Which is that any two people who are married to each other can figure out how to be happy if they find themselves unhappy. Right. They just have to be righteous. Now, Now, here's the thing. I was so righteous. 
Oh, me too. I was so righteous. I was, I the, was the most righteous. Brother Coffee, I was the primary president. Sister Twain, I was in the bishopric. <laughs> I was the ward clerk. <laughs> and I bore four children, and they were blessed, and they were baptized, and da 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 We paid tithing, and if we paid, like, just a dollar less than what we're supposed to, we never, would never. we would so stress about it. Never. We would be like, oh, God, oh, God. Well, we wouldn't say God because that's taking a little. We would say, thing. "Oh gosh, oh, oh gosh, heck, oh heck, and, we've paid too little." And yeah, and uh, we weren't able to work it out. So no, no. Anyway, yeah. What's your number three? <laughs> it's a little dark. So my number three, um, speaking of tithing, is the idea of the tithing blessing. So in Mormonism, oh. you're taught that when you pay a full tithe, yeah, that. God opens the windows of heaven and pours blessings down upon you. And I was such a believer in that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you would you would be working hard and you'd be paying your tithing and you'd be barely scraping by. And then some check you weren't expecting would show up in the mail. Or you'd get a bigger tax return than you thought you would. And you would say, this is a tithing blessing. Yep. This is a blessing for paying a full tithe. Yeah. And guess what, Sister Twain? What? I haven't been in the church for several years. And yeah. guess what? What? Still getting those tithing blessings. <laughs> they still happen. What's a, it, They still happen. Y- yeah. So either there's a carryover effect from the tithings, from the tens of thousands of dollars, dollars. that I gave to the Mormon church over yes, time. Maybe there's a carryover for that. But, you know, I will still have times where I'm like, oh, this unexpected job came up and I just made 500 bucks. Or, oh, my tax return was bigger than I thought and I've got 700 extra dollars oh, this yeah. month and I can pay that thing off. Yeah. Like, literally happens... Multiple times a year. Yeah. And and I always laugh now because those are things that as a Mormon I would have called tithing blessings. Right. And I would have 100% attributed to God and to me being willing to be righteous and me being willing to make these sacrifices. Mm-hmm. But I still get them. Right. And I'm in a fight with God. So. <laughs> and I don't pay tithing. And part of that is because. You know what I spend my tithing money on? On booze. Alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Because, Which is the Holy Ghost now. Because I'm, a, because I'm a borderline alcoholic. That's a funny joke, right? Have I joke about how I'm going to become an alcoholic? Oh, it's, it's, it's the funniest. Hilarious. It's almost as funny as joking about the Holocaust. Or depression. Oh. Oh, shit. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay. Except that uh, the, the church would tell these tithing stories like, oh, the, uh, the, 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 this company, this sign-making company needed to make signs for the Olympics. And, and these, these guys were like, well, we need you. We need you to make us some signs tomorrow. Well, tomorrow was Sunday, but they needed to make their bottom line. But they said no because it was Sunday. I've already fallen asleep. And then Monday morning, and when the store opened, the phone rang, and then somebody else called and said, "Make me these signs." They were able to make their bottom line. I don't know if you all followed that. My point is, I just appreciate that your example was a sign making because so relatable. It was in my head from the years, but the point is. They would tell these stories that would give you um, the confirmation that so that you could liken mm-hmm. experiences like that to, to your own thing. Yeah. Guess what? The first year I got the big fucking tax refund, which I, I think our first giant win was like uh, uh, 02 or... Oh, three or something like that. Everybody was getting giant tax. Because of George W. Bush. 
W. Here's a fun fact, and then we'll go to our break. Is it about W? No, it's about tithing. <laughs> um, I'm not going to quote any numbers because I don't have the numbers in front of me. So you can, if you're an active Mormon listening to this, I can't imagine why you would be. Feel free to dismiss this. Ah! But I read a really interesting article once that basically said, if you look at all of the money that the Mormon church takes in from investments and tithing and whatever, and you look at all the money that Walmart takes in, and then you look at the amount of money that the LDS church gives as charitable donations, and you look at the amount of money that Walmart gives as charitable donations, Walmart is something like 10 times ahead of what the LDS church gives as from their revenue towards charitable donations. So you're more, if you want your money to go to good causes, spending a dollar at Walmart, more of that dollar goes to charity and to helping people and whatever. And Walmart is like the most evil company on earth. Well, not the most evil, but they're horrible. Yeah. But a a dollar at Walmart has more impact on charitable organizations than a dollar donated to the LDS church. And that's the tea, bitches. Shit. I don't want to drink that tea. I can't unlock my phone, so I can't pause this segment. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> and we are back. Do you remember that? It's familiar. What it's, is it from? It's a uh, $100,000 pyramid. Oh. Remember how the joke used to be on, like, the first episode that you ran the last blockbuster in America? Oh, that was cute. That was cute. I was the well, I saw I saw Captain Marvel tonight, and she crashes to Earth and breaks through the roof of a blockbuster. Oh, of course. And it was cute. Did. It was real cute. Okay, so we're on to number four. What is the number four crazy thing that Mormonism taught you? Brother Coffee. Sister Twaint. <laughs> That homosexuality is like alcoholism. Oh, okay. Remember that? Tell us more. Okay. That you don't know if you're an alcoholic until you have that first drink and then you're fucking hooked and screwed, right? I have so many thoughts about this. Well, you don't know if you're homosexual until you have sex with your first dude. Like... I just keep moving the microphone <laughs> to my mouth. They were. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Hold on, I got They really say that? I had so many people tell me that homosexuality was like alcoholism. Wow. Yeah. And that um, it's something you just have to overcome. Yeah, that, I heard that a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, the overcome part, of yes. course. Of course. Yes. Yes. But. They, but that it's like a tendency, right? Like some of us have tendency to be alcoholics. Some of us have tendencies to murder people, <laughs> but we don't act on those tendencies. Right. Much like your faggotry. Fag- some of us have tendencies to f- suck Faggotry. But you don't act on it. Right. So for, par exemple, uh, when I was talking to, uh, okay, so I was talking to one of my bishops. God, I had so many. Um, after the divorce, Bishop Chuddleston, I had three bishops after my divorce and I was only in the church for like a year and a half after my divorce. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, and I had known this Bishop my whole time that I lived in this certain town, which up to that point had been about seven, six, seven years. And we were just chatting in his office and he said, so 
Sister Twain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bishop, Bishop Chuddleston. <laughs> Why did you and Matt get divorced? I just said it his name again. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't Hi, listen. Matt. Hi, Matt. He's not listening. Hi, Matt. Um, why did you and Matt get divorced? And I was like, oh, he hasn't heard. Because when it happened, everyone. Right. It was a big deal. Yeah. And then the, bound, the ward boundaries changed, and I got a new bishop. I actually had four bishops post-divorce. In 18 months, I had four bishops. I'm exhausted. Yeah. So I, because of my theater degree, I gave it a moment. And then I made sure I, he was looking me in the eye. And I said, Matt's gay. And I could see him taking it in, and he kind of nodded. And he goes, so what, were, were there any other problems, like uh, drinking or gambling? Gambling? Yes! <laughs> was gambling a problem? Gambling! Was the fact that your husband wanted to suck dicks a problem, or was gambling a problem? It was the dicks. <laughs> that was the problem. It was the dicks. It was the dudes and the dicks and the asses. He did not care about <laughs> gambling. <laughs> what a stupid question. And then I went, no. Nope, just, just the gay. That. Just the just gay. Just that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which just made me think, oh, he must be gay. That bishop? Yeah. Bishop Chuddleston? He must he be is. cold closeted we've, gay man. We've hooked up before. Oh. I met him on Grinder. He's okay, I guess. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I don't meet anyone on Grinder. <laughs> I'm too scared of humans. What's your number four? <sighs> my number four, um, well, I had a different number four, but I'm going to rearrange because to just kind of go with this theme. Ooh. But my number four is that Jesus can fix me. Can fix oh, my gay. Okay, this is a very timely, timely item. It is. So right now in Utah, we just overturned a law. Well, I don't know if we overturned it. We basically we, rewrote. It wasn't a law. There was, there was a bill was in the bill? legislature to yeah. ban conversion therapy. Right. And then we basically rewrote it to, project, to protect therapists. Oh, God. Uh, that, per, that really important marginalized group of, <laughs> bo- of bogus therapists. <laughs> And to protect parents, to protect parents' rights to abuse their children. Yeah. So we rewrote the statute and we did not ban conversion therapy. So I was never in any sort of conversion therapy other than in my own head. <laughs> other than, which, you know, and, and I don't want to minimize because other people have it much worse in these sort of actual programs or whatever. Absolutely. But I literally remember, I, I, like, I can picture it as clear as day, sitting in seminary, I was probably... In like ninth or 10th grade, probably 10th grade. And I remember my seminary teacher saying, well, Jesus can fix anything that is broken. The atonement, the atonement can fix anything that's broken, which first of all, let's just clarify. That's a horrible thing to say because some people can't walk and they don't get fixed by the atonement. And some people are, have abusive parents and they, that doesn't get fixed by the atonement. Like there are so many things that the atonement does not fix. And you're talking to a room full of teenagers and you say the atonement can fix anything that's broken. So first, first just on face value, that's a horrible thing to say. But me, a little closeted queer kid thought, Oh, well, cool. I'm broken. So Jesus can fix me. And I just thought, 
if I'm righteous enough and if I just apply the atonement enough in my life, Jesus can yep, fix me. Right. And that's some crazy bullshit that and, Mormonism told me. And you know what generally applying the atonement in your life translates to? Feeling like shit. Yeah, it's it's flagellating yourself because you're not living the letter of the law of every single tiny little thing that you should be doing. Yep. So that's what I did for about the next four or five years. You know, tried to pray, tried to read my scriptures, tried to fast, and just thought if I do all of these things enough, then Jesus will fix me. And I never, and it never, I never got fixed. Never. Shockingly, <laughs> so obviously in my mind that was because I wasn't trying hard enough. Yep. Because Jesus was perfect, so it was it couldn't be Jesus's fault. No, it was my fault. Yeah, totally. So all I was doing something wrong. So it was my fault. So and then it just escalates to you like. This metaphorical, I help drive those nails into his... Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now here I am, a 42-year-old man wearing a tiny gold chain. <laughs> so it is just, it's gone downhill from and there. And an alcoholic. And an alcoholic. Well, we don't so, know that for sure. Not, not, it's unconfirmed. <laughs> it's unconfirmed. It's undiagnosed. It's undiagnosed. <laughs> but we feel pretty strongly that it may be coming to pass. So coming anyway. to pass. So anyway, um, do we want to go on with five or take a break? Let's take a little break. This has been kind of a long segment, but um, yeah. spoiler alert, guys and gals, yeah. Jesus, Jesus can't fix you. No, you fix yourself or you just do you. You Shit. fix yourself or you just wallow in self-pity. Oh my God. That's another option. <laughs> That's the option I've taken. You fi- I'm a homewrecker and a hussy, and I don't care. Sister Twink was just singing that song about unrelated things, unrelated <laughs> to this podcast, and I just thought you might enjoy it. It's unrelated to the podcast and also has nothing to do with me whatsoever. You are not a homewrecker or a hussy. You're both those things. <laughs> so, our number five thing, crazy thing that Mormonism taught you. What you got? So... I bypassed the whole Moses' Bigfoot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Moses' Bigfoot? There's this thing. I thought Cain was Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. It's just... um... (laughs) Okay. See? See? (laughs) Cain killed Abel, and then he was cursed, and then he became Bigfoot, and he roams the earth. And then... I bypass the whole if a Relief Society president and a bishop ride in the car together, they're going to have an affair. Fair. Right. Fair. Yeah, that one's boring. Uh, So what I'm going to go with is this, and it's very personal. Uh, My dad, who is still very Mormon, um. He heard Neil A. Maxwell speak in person once. And when you grow up in the South, it's a big fucking deal when one of the 12 Mm -hmm. comes and you get to hear them speak in person. And it was one of his most life-changing moments that he still talks about today. It happened in the 80s. Okay, people. And it's 2019. Is it 2019? Yeah. Oh, my God. So the 80s were 40 years ago. Oh, my God. Like 1980 was... 40 years ago. Just stop it right now. I won't. (laughs) So apparently, so my dad tells me the story that Neil A. Maxwell told, but he tells it all wrong because that's my dad. (laughs) 
And so here's how the story goes per my dad. I'm on pins and needles. Okay. When Neil A. Maxwell was on his mission. 40 years ago. No, 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. They were really hungry. Okay. And they were walking down a country road. Okay. And they were so hungry. They were just, they were crying and they couldn't even, they, they, it hurt to walk. So they, they had this idea to kneel down next to this log and pray. Okay. For their lost keys. <laughs> well, if I remember the, the misspoken story correctly, um, off in the distance in this country... Someone who was related to Neil A. Maxwell was making bread mm-hmm. way in the distance. As like one does. Far away. One does make bread. And she placed it on the windowsill to cool after it came out of the oven. And then she went back to the windowsill and it was gone. Wait a minute. Where, where was it? Well, Jack Offie. <laughs> when brother or elder Maxwell at the time and his companion lifted up their heads and opened their eyes from their prayer, the loaf of bread was right there and it was hot. On the log. (laughs) Yes! Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I don't want to make fun of anyone's belief system, even though that's what we've been doing for an hour. But again, like it goes back to Bethany and her lost keys because she has a Book of Mormon 101 final in the Harold B. Lee Library on BYU campus. Like and if she's late, then at she that get moment, allowance. at that moment, when God was teleporting hot bread from like Ohio to Nigeria or wherever they were, there was like a child being killed as part of a genocide. Right, and God was like, "Hold on, there, child being killed as part yeah. of a genocide. I got to teleport this bread for these missionaries." I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we were in that. And we believed. We believed that God lived on a planet called Kolob. We anyway, anyway, there's been a lot of singing on this episode. Yeah. So my number five crazy thing that Mormonism taught me is that a cup of coffee in the morning was bad for me. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to get a 44-ounce Diet Coke with coconut syrup and lime syrup and whipped cream inside of it, <laughs> that was fine. Right. All you have but to a do cup of coffee. It. Yeah. Was bad for me. Right. Now listen, I don't want to besmirch the great soda establishments of Utah because I enjoy a nice flavored soda every Let's once in a while. Let's name some of them. Uh, Let's not. Okay. I don't want to single anyone out, but one of them is run by a child molester and one of them is run by a friend of mine. Are you serious? A hundred percent. Are you serious? Yeah, I'll tell you offline. Oh dear God. So, so I don't want to besmirch any of those because you know what? I enjoy a flavored soda every once in a while. It's a delicious... Tasty treat. But let's stop calling the word of wisdom a a health law when we teach people that having an iced tea is somehow bad for your health. But having a 64-ounce Sprite with cranberry-flavored syrup in it is good for your health. Right. Because that's just crazy talk. That's such fucked up logic there. (sighs) There ain't no logic in there. There ain't no logic there. So there. Yeah, so don't yeah. let's not let's not tell people that. And you guys, I just want to say a cup of coffee in the morning is a singular oh magical experience. It's a sacred thing. It is my most favorite ritual. 
my most favorite ritual. Brother Coffee, tell us specifically about your morning coffee ritual and so, all the details. I used to use a Keurig. Right. So my morning coffee ritual was just putting it in the machine. And I have recently stopped. So now I use a pour-over coffee machine, a pour-over coffee device. Right. So I buy whole beans. I I have in the past gotten them from Whole Foods or places where I can buy local coffee beans. I recently, like literally today, just signed up for a service where I get beans shipped to me once a month. And the beans that arrived today were roasted yesterday. Fuck! Yesterday. Fuck you. So I come downstairs. I pour some beans in my coffee grinder. Uh. I grind my coffee. I put it in my little pour over. I always, I put the filter in. I wet the filter first just with some tap water just to like get it to stick better. I put the beans in. I boil my water in my kettle. I pour a little over the top and then I put the little thing on that does the pour over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I usually come sit on the couch right where I'm sitting now and just kind of give it a few minutes while everything goes through. Mm. I like my coffee with half and half Mm -hmm. and Splenda. Okay. There was a time where I was like, oh, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to start drinking it black because that's like what cool people do. <laughs> I just was like, I just am doing, I'm just doing cream and sugar now because I'm new to coffee. But eventually I'm going to drink it black. And guess what? I don't care. I just like it with cream and sugar. Yeah. I don't care. No. So, and then, and then I take my coffee back up to my bed. I literally, like if I have to work, I will wake up 40 minutes early. So I have time for this ritual. Good for you. I take my coffee back up and I get in bed. And then I either read a book or I read Twitter or whatever, and I or I pet the cats or whatever, and I sit and drink my coffee. And it is one of my most favorite things on earth. Ugh. So good. I'm I've been I've been put under your spell of your coffee story. So I do my favorite coffee that I have been drinking since I moved to Salt. Oh. Did you gasp because you revealed where we live? <laughs> I mean, at this point. <laughs> Salt Lake City. Is La Barba. They used to be called Charming Beard. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. And Where do you buy La Barba? Um, so you can buy it Whole Bean, Smith's, mm, Harmon's, and Whole Foods. Or at the La Barba coffee shops, of course. But I buy it at Whole Foods because Smith's and Harmon's don't have the industrial coffee grinders. Oh, okay. And with those industrial coffee grinders, I can set it to the exact right grind. That you want. For a pour over, which I also do. Right. Um, and I got a $20 gooseneck uh, kettle. kettle for my pour over. And whenever I go shopping, and I may have told this story on another podcast because I'm obsessed with this story, but whenever I go shopping at Whole Foods for my La Barba, I always look for the freshest. And when they stock at the store, they move the older ones to right. the front and the, put the fresh ones in the back. I reach my hand all the right. way to the and get back. The yeah, and get the freshest. And get the fresh. And I have Jeff's almond milk with it. Oh, nice. And I like, I prefer right now, prefer their Guatemala roast. They have okay. several. Um, so that's that. And then I will have a little piece of toast that has like all these like seeds in it. Mm-hmm. And then I have peanut butter on it. Delicious. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. And I'm either listening to the voice of Steven Skeep in the morning. Oh, okay. NPR. Sure. Or maybe some Abraham Hicks. Okay. Yeah. One of my cats is knocking books over. Yeah. So, well, that's lovely. So drink your coffee. If you want to go get a 44-ounce Diet Coke with 
Snickers flavored syrup in it, go ahead, go right ahead. Yeah, but don't be telling us that it's healthier because it's not, and that people, two people who are married, can work it out no matter what because they can't. Because they can't. Yeah. Because one of those people wants to suck a dick, and it's the Uh. husband. (laughs) It's not the wife. Hey, if it was the wife, everything would be fine. (laughs) I want everyone to know that while we were doing this, I sent someone a titty pic. (laughs) And that's the kind of quality content that we give you. Hell yeah. Sister Twain is, it was not a, you did not take a titty pic. You no. had one saved on your phone. No, because I know you don't need to see no, that. No, I don't want to. And you don't no. want to see any part of the female. No. Private. I'm not interested. They're fine. The female private. The fe- <laughs> it's like it's a singular concept. Like it's a member of the U.S. Army. <laughs> Get those push-ups done, female private. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's the end of our so, episode. Okay, any, so any well wishes you want to send? I'm glad we did this because we did have a request from one of our uh, regular listeners. Mm-hmm. To, one, of the, one of the four. One of the three. Um, ooh, four. I know. Um, to do an episode all about Mormonism. And so that, right. she's going to be super happy about it. I'm really it. glad for her. Yeah. Um, and I hope she sends some feedback. We'll let you know what her feedback is on the next one. So if you like this podcast... Feel free to rate it in the iTunes store. I literally don't know if that's a thing, but I, that's what other let's podcasts Let's just pretend say. it. But also, you can also email us or you can send us a voicemail through the Anchor app. So if you listen to this podcast on the Anchor app, oh God, I just saw your titty pic. <laughs> if you listen, I mean, it's a good, they look great. Thank you. Congratulations. They look amazing. Aww. If If you listen to this through the Anchor app, you can actually send us a voicemail and we could play it on air. So feel free to do that. Do it! Or email us. Or just text us because you know us. Because you're a friend of ours. Yeah, that's all we got. So if you have feedback, just text us because you know our phone number. So anyway. um, And if anybody wants a titty pic. um, They should message you on Twitter. Latter Day Twaint. Latter Day Twaint. I've got some good ones in my repertoire. Your repertoire? Yeah. Remember um, when I. But don't fall in love with me. Remember when I was drunk last episode and we talked about Esther Perel and I thought you were talking about Edith Piaf? That oh. was that was a quality moment. Oh. And then we sang like La France, <laughs> Did you just say La France? I don't know. That's all the lyrics are. Le, it's just La France. And then and there's over. always a Rian in there. An Rian Rian. So anyway, yeah. I'm Brother Jack Coffee. I'm Latter Day Twain. And this has been Hot Drinks. Bye. Oh my God, I can't wait. I can't. I'm still unlocking the phone, so we're still recording.